You're listening to a Philly Sports Nation production. Enhancing your Philly sports experience. What's going on, Eagles Nation? Welcome to the latest Birds Banter podcast and a victory podcast this week. The Eagles got their week one matchup won against the Redskins. It was a big win, a great game at Lincoln Financial Field. So my name is Matt Lupe. I'm here with Logan Banker and Sean McMenamin. We're going to talk about the game against the Redskins, what went well, what didn't go well, and how the Eagles started 1-0 to this successful season. So to kick things off, I have a game recap uh, for you guys. The Eagles... um, start off this game very slow you know it was evident that the defense wasn't very conditioned uh case keenum opens up with a very long touchdown to vernon davis and the defense was just struggling to get anything going the coverage skills weren't there and the offense really wasn't that much better uh doug peterson was calling a lot of conservative play calling and check downs with carson wentz we really expected carson wentz to come out firing this game and he didn't he was slow um the getting the ball out the Passes were short passes, and it really wasn't anything that we expected. It was 20-7 to at halftime after that big Deshaun Jackson touchdown, which got the crowd going, but there was still a lot of boos as the uh, Eagles went into the locker room before halftime. And then the second half, they came out very impressive. Uh, There's a very, very nice touchdown to Alshon Jeffrey. Another deep ball to to Deshaun Jackson, which was awesome to see. And then there was run slash pass, whatever you want to call it, to Alshon Jeffrey for two yards. Sproles gets the two-point conversion, and then Jake Elliott kicks a field goal later in the game. The defense really came into form later in the game. There was a lot of pressure, not a lot of sacks. Only Jernigan got a sack, but a lot of pressure on Case Keenum, which did uh, reduce his play a little bit. Wentz looked like his 2017 self, where he was the front runner of the MVP race. He was extending plays, keeping his eyes upfield, and staying behind line of scrimmage being smart and not getting himself hurt, which is great to see. Deshaun Jackson, uh, like I said, two touchdowns. He had 154 yards, just a great game by him. He was stretching the field. Wentz had 313 yards, three touchdowns, and 121 passer rating. And uh, like we said in the previous podcast, we wanted to see him play better on third down. He was 12 for 13 with almost 200 yards, and all three touchdowns came on third downs, which is awesome. The running game was there. Sproles had 47 yards on the ground. Jordan Howard averaged over seven yards per carry. Um, Nigel Bradham had seven tackles on defense. And on defense, Malik Jackson, this is uh, the one downfall of this big victory against the Redskins. Malik Jackson is out for the year with a foot injury. He's going to have surgery next week, but that's going to be a, a big uh uh, hold a fill on the defensive line but on the other side of the ball Brandon Brooks recovered from his Achilles injury very well he played a lot of snaps for the Eagles he was on a pitch count but he wanted to play more he stayed in the game for over 50 snaps and he played very well so a lot of promising stuff out of this offense and defense but the Malik Jackson injury is going to hurt yeah for sure um you know he was obviously one of the biggest offseason acquisition signed to a three-year deal for a decent amount of money too so losing him definitely hurts 
Uh, he and Fletcher Cox were really supposed to be one of the best duos on the defensive line in the NFL. But, yeah, losing him is tough. Um, they're going to have to really figure out how to um, fill that gap, like you said, Matt. Obviously, Tim Jernigan's the uh, next guy in line. They did bring him back, which is a great thing there. The Eagles are honestly very lucky that he didn't have much of a mark in free agency because if he signed with another team, they would be in really big trouble right now. So, luckily, they have Tim Jernigan. But, yeah, I think, um, obviously, winning is key. But losing Leak Jackson is really tough. So, they're going to have to really figure out how to um, step that up uh, in the weeks going forward. Yeah, back to the game. Talk about a tale of two halves as the Redskins came out firing on all cylinders. And then the Eagles turned it on second half. Deshaun Jackson was a man possessed pretty much where with those two huge touchdowns. And then Wentz pretty much found his form in the second half. Whereas the first half, I, I think uh, the offense was still getting familiar with each other. Again, their chemistry up due to the fact that they did not play with each other all preseason, as I noted in the last podcast. So it was definitely encouraging second half and very exciting to see this team uh, play the way we expected them to. And heading into week two, I'm very excited for what they can do against the Falcons moving and moving forward. And despite the loss of Malik Jackson, I believe Timmy Jernigan will step up and prove to be have a successful season this year. Yeah, and the Eagles did start slow on both offense and defense, like we've mentioned. But I think, like Sean said, it was largely attributed to not playing in the preseason. I mean, it was barely even into the second quarter, and the Eagles called a timeout. Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham, I believe it was, were sitting kneeling on the ground, you know, drinking some water, catching their breath, and we weren't even at halftime yet. I, I understand it was a hot day. The Redskins were driving on them, but there's no excuse that they should be unconditioned in uh, that form, you know, having to take the rest when they're trying to stop them from scoring a touchdown. So that really came out. Jim Schwartz pointed out today that the uh, the team wasn't conditioned that well, and it was very evident on the last Redskins drive when they just went down the field and scored that garbage-time touchdown, but uh, there wasn't a lot of pressure on Case Keenum at that point, and they were just letting them drive down the field. So that definitely has to improve, and now that they're in game-time situations, both offensive players and defensive players will get into better shape and they'll be able to, you know, play in real time and play faster. And the team's going to look a lot better. The second half of this game is going to be what the Eagles should look like all season. Yeah, for sure. I, I heard some people wondering if maybe it was a uh, preparation that was part of this, not necessarily, like you said, conditioning, but instead of like a game plan. And I think, um, one reason you can tell it wasn't a game plan issue was Doug Peterson said they stuck to the exact same uh, script in the second half compared to the first half. And we all saw what happened in the second half. So I completely agree. I think um, uh, not playing in the preseason really hurt them. But in all honesty, I, I think um, if Doug Peterson had the chance to do it again, I think he would. I think he would trade a bad half of football and a victory uh, in order to keep all these guys healthy because we've seen um, other teams lose big time players in the preseason to injury. And it's really not worth it. Yeah, the Eagles stunk pretty bad in the first half, but they still got the victory. They still look pretty good, and they got things rolling. So, all in all, um, I think it was worth it, that preseason gamble. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. It was definitely key that they all stayed healthy and looked like a much better team second half and a promising team that can go very far this season. Yeah, so moving forward, we do uh, bold predictions every week. We started with last season, giving you guys bold predictions for every game. So we're going to try something new. We're going to, you know, give a review on our bold predictions from the week before because, you know, what's the point of giving a bold prediction like we have and not even reviewing how 
that matched up with the actual game. So Sean's going to review what we said last week and how it compared to the actual stat lines from Sunday's game. Yep. So first off, Matt stated that Fletcher Cox and Malik Jackson would have four sacks total, but that was not the case as only Timmy Jernigan had one sack. And pretty much the defensive line struggled to get pressure on Case Keenum through the first half and a majority of the second half as it uh, we got a little more towards the end. But all in all, uh, there needs to be more pressure moving forward. Uh, Logan stated that uh, we the defense Eagles defense would prevent uh, under 225 passing yards <laughs> for uh, the Redskins. Yeah, and um, that did not come true as well as they had 380 total yards um, and pretty much shredded the Eagles secondary through the first half. And Eagles pretty much stepped up and stopped them for a good uh, part of the second half. And finally, my uh, bold prediction was Alshon would have 100 total yards and two touchdowns and he the two touchdowns part came true but he only gained 51 receiving yards so moving forward I think uh, Wentz will like to get him the ball more and spread it out well uh, moving forward yeah definitely yeah. that Alshon Jeffrey stat line is kind of a weird one because his second touchdown was ruled as a rushing play so he had uh, 49 receiving yards and two yards rushing but Really, it was just a screenplay from Wentz, and he ran it in. Uh, so 51 total yards and two total touchdowns, but he had a great uh, game and a lot of impact on the in the Eagles' offense. So good stuff from Alshon Jeffrey, even though the yards weren't that high. Yeah, I think some of the reasons why Alshon maybe didn't have as many yards was obviously he was being shouted by Josh Norman for the majority of the game. I think another reason why, too, was um, obviously the Deshaun Jackson effect uh, Carson had so many opportunities to get him the ball where that Alshon kind of ended up being the number two guy in terms of who he was focusing on throwing to. So kind of made it tough on him. It's not going to be like that every week though. Um, But still two touchdowns considering you're being covered by one of the uh, better cornerbacks uh, in the league is still pretty good. And yeah, my prediction of uh, less than 225 passing yards, uh, that did not go very well. Um, Yeah. I think if the defense played um, like they did all game as they did in the second half, maybe that would have came true, but yeah, that one got completely torched. <laughs> yeah, I think everyone underestimated Case Keenum there. Obviously, the Eagles' defense wasn't, you know, their full potential in the first half, but Case Keenum did look very good, and he was looking, he was making the Eagles, uh, you know, pretty hyped-up defense look like they were, you know, average in the league. So it was, you got to respect it. It was good stuff out of him, but the Eagles' defense did step it up and show who was the better side of the ball in the field. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Keenum's experience really showed this week and he torched uh, the defense at least in the first half of the game so I think they'll have to step up of course moving forward and hopefully they can solidify a top defense in the league yeah and I think uh, with Case Keenum he definitely had a chip on his shoulder just because of what happened in the NFC championship game I think a lot of people just expected it to be a repeat of what happened last time but you know, if a guy's really that motivated, he's going to make something happen. He is in the NFL for a reason, so he's not uh, pushed over by any means. So, yeah, you can't really be too surprised that that happened. Um, but in terms of the Eagles, you really can't let that happen. Um, so it's a transition to what went well for the Eagles. So um, as we've said a little bit already, um, the duo of Carson Wentz and Deshaun Jackson is what jumps out the most. That that pair right there really changed the tide of the game. Having Deshaun Jackson is honestly what won the Eagles the game because that's what got them going, allowed them to do whatever they wanted on offense. So um, just having the presence of Deshaun Jackson really helped them out. 
I also think the offensive line deserves a ton of praise as well. They did a great job of keeping Carson upright for the most part. And he really got some clean pockets to eventually um, step up and make big plays because, you know, having deep plays with Carson Wentz is really what makes him so great. Last year, we saw him kind of stick in the intermediate game, not really take any chances. For this year, or at least in the first game, he was really taking some um, big shots. So I found that really encouraging. Yeah, it was great stuff out of the offense. Um, definitely the offensive line. I mean, going back to what I said about Brandon Brooks, that's a fantastic turnaround. Uh, I saw one stat on Twitter today someone put together that uh, I think the average turnaround for a Achilles injury is about 11 months, 12 months, and the fastest recovery was about the 10-month mark, and he came back in eight months. So blowing the other uh, players out of the water, some guys don't even come back to playing in the NFL after Achilles injury. So great stuff out of him, and he he felt great. He said he wanted to play more. The Eagles did pull him towards the end and put Vitae in at right guard, but um, he he wanted to stay in the game. He was feeling good, so that's great to see. And I'm just glad that he didn't suffer any sort of step back. But uh, Isaac Samalo looked good. Lane Johnson, uh, the whole unit as a whole looked uh, fantastic. And Carson Wentz, you know, benefited from that the most. He was getting more time behind the pocket. Uh, he was extending plays, like Logan said. He's going from, you know, one side, going to the, towards the sideline to make a play. It was definitely the Carson Wentz that we know and love, not the conservative Carson Wentz that we saw last year. We saw the Wentz that wants to extend plays, isn't afraid to, you know, run around and make something happen. So that was awesome to see, and I hope we see more of that this season. Yep, props to Brandon Brooks for coming back healthy, strong, and better than ever, and uh, blocking very well for the Eagles' offense, giving enough space for the running backs to exploit, as Darren Sproles, Jordan Howard, you name it, they all had very good games and pretty much... Uh, went just had great runs uh, all game long, and then uh, moving forward, I think the they'll uh, get a few touchdowns hopefully, and this offense can really shine, especially the receivers. I think Wentz is comfortable. He looked great game one. I think he'll even do even better as the season goes along. Spread it out to all of our weapons. You got Deshaun Jackson, Zach Ertz, Dallas Goddard, Alshon Jeffrey. You name it. I mean, we got the whole weaponry uh, at his use yeah for sure i think uh the eagles got pretty locked in on the passing game just because it really did get so successful and that's kind of why the running game was kind of put on the back burner a little bit they still did run the ball a decent amount um but i bet if they going forward they're going to want to want to run it more just because they want to keep the tempo of the game they want to really control the pace and um just make sure they have the ball in their hands as long as possible so the passing game was very successful and that'll really help the running game um, get more involved. I know it's kind of um, kind of backwards saying that, but um, I think uh, just the passing game is going to really benefit the running game, and we did see that a little bit in the first game. Yeah, definitely. And trans- transitioning to what did not go well, what needs to be worked on uh, going into week two and upcoming weeks in the NFL season, um, obviously the first thing to point out is what's something we mentioned earlier today, um, the conditioning and, and the rhythm between the offense and the defense. They were just off. Both units uh, didn't seem like they were, you know, going to their full potential because a lot of the stars missed the preseason. Some were hurt. So it was just kind of a growing phase to get into back into NFL shape uh, through the first half. But they looked better, so it's really not anything to complain about. Just keep going hard in practice, and 
work up that conditioning and get stronger faster so you're ready for each and every game from from this first minute you can't be waiting around for a whole quarter when you're playing teams like the cowboys and the packers you got to get going from the start um the secondary wasn't great the entire game they came together towards the end but uh rasul douglas andrew sandejo rodney mcleod were names that came to my mind of players that didn't play to their full potential. Um, obviously, McLeod's coming off the injury, so uh, hopefully he can come back into better shape. But Rasul Douglas did surprisingly get the start. We announced last week that it was going to be uh, Sidney Jones starting on the outside instead of Douglas, but he got the start and was eventually replaced because he just wasn't playing as well. He still did get more playing time towards the end, but um, not a lot of great things to say about the secondary early in the game. The running back rotation... Uh, I did not like at all. There was times in the game where, you know, you would need someone like Jordan Howard, but he was on the sideline and Darren Sproles was in the game. There was that fourth down that they went for it, called a timeout to game plan for a good play. And Doug Peterson runs a pitch to Darren Sproles. You know, you have a running back like Jordan Howard to run up the middle and get those um, extra yards, hard hitting runs, and they didn't use him. So he did average seven yards per carry. Uh, I would like to see him involved more because I think he has a lot to bring to the table. Miles Sanders is just getting started, so hopefully they can have a better attack going forward. And, and the tight end involvement was pretty much non-existent. Um, you got two of the best tight ends in the league. you got to be utilizing them more. Zach Ertz was uh, involved in the game a little bit, but Dallas Goddard, I think he was only targeted like one or two times. So get everyone involved, especially those big tight ends in the red zone, and you're going to have one of the best offenses in the league. Yeah, those are all great points. And from what I saw, I think the defensive line will definitely need to generate more pressure on the quarterback as they did not get enough on Case Keenum pretty much all game long. And moving forward, they'll need to uh, help out their secondary in a way by creating pressure and forced throws and hopefully uh, generating some turnovers moving forward. And um, also, I think the offense, back to what Matt had, had to say, I think uh, we need to see more of Jordan Howard for sure because he's the guy that we got this offseason, and he's the guy who can uh, generate, get uh, powerful runs, go through the defensive line, and just gain those nitty-gritty yards that we need. And instead of seeing Darren Sproles, who's an older player, maybe higher uh, risk of injury as well, you don't want to see him go down, obviously. So it's good to keep um, – to keep him fresh at all times and hopefully see more. We see more of uh, Corey Clement, you name it. Uh, we just got a bunch of weapons that we should use more often moving forward. So I think Doug Peterson will have to game plan this week uh, on the offensive side and also help out that secondary in hopes of uh, tightening their coverage moving forward. Yeah, on the topic of Darren Sproles, it's kind of an issue we've seen in the past with Doug Peterson. He does get a little Darren Sproles happy. Obviously, Sproles is a great player, but um. He's not the guy that you want to lean on as your lead back. Um, in the past, when he's been healthy, we have seen them uh, use Darren Sproles as their top guy in terms of touches. And um, as, as both of you said, you have Jordan Howard, who was pretty efficient last game. He didn't get a ton of touches, which um, we all can agree that needs to improve. You have Miles Sanders, who you spent a second-round pick on to bring in. And then you have Corey Clement, who um, obviously last year he had the injury kind of um, inconsistent, but he still is a guy that, as we saw, is able to produce a 100-yard game in the Super Bowl. So I think um, they really need to figure out that running back room. And um, it, it was kind of by committee, but at the same time, it wasn't. And um, touching back on the pass rush, I think um, with Malik Jackson out specifically, 
they really got to figure something out. Obviously, they just brought in Akeem Spence, who started 16 games last season for Miami. But, um, yeah, they, they had to really uh, figure out a way to get the pass rush going. I think um, with Fletcher Cox, with Derek Barnett kind of missing a decent amount of offseason, it, it hurt them not being able to be in shape, be ready to go. So it's hard to um, really depend on them as much to produce as high as you would hope. But they um, the depth isn't really as much there this year. So, um. Yeah, they, they really got to figure that out and um just really step up that pass rush. Yeah, definitely. All in all, it was a successful game, but there's always stuff to improve on. There's going to be a lot of you know content for Doug Peters and the coaching staff to go over with the players on both sides of the ball, really. And there's going to be a priority for the coaching staff to you know meet together and see what's going to be the best game plan for um, other matchups going forward. Who are we going to get involved more that we didn't? Because um, last week I said I would like to see, you know, all the offensive players involved against the Redskins. Obviously, that they're, they're playing down uh, most of the time, so they had to, you know, come back and play their stars. But you got to get guys like J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, Dallas Goddard, Corey Clement, guys like that aren't getting as much playing time involved because they're still weapons and they still can produce, keep everyone fresh. Um, but, you know, that's a good problem to have uh, because the Eagles have some a deep offense so you can't really complain if they keep winning they find someone that's going to take over then you know you got you got to trust Doug Peterson and the coaching staff but for now I'd like to see a little bit more of the running back rotation yeah for sure I think it'll be crucial to get everyone involved and use the full arsenal that we have at our uh, dispense and moving into the next topic is stock up and stock down and for this week my stock up player is Deshaun Jackson as he had a phenomenal comeback game to, in Philly and pretty much torched the Redskins secondary all game long, getting by him on some deep passes and two more 50-plus yard touchdown receptions, which uh, marks his total at 30 right now And as he is six short of Jerry Rice's record for most 50-plus uh, rece- receiving yards, touchdowns. And uh, I really just think he had a phenomenal game looked fantastic uh still speedy he said that he is he feels like he's 24 years old and then moving into my stock down player i selected andrew sandejo as on the redskins opening touchdown he pretty much gave up on the play and failed to tackle davis uh the tight end and he he kind of just looked um, lethargic through the first half he stepped up a little more in the second half but i think his play will definitely need to improve moving forward if we want to have success on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, me and Matt have been kind of pretty big proponents of Andrew Sandejo all summer, um, pretty much saying that they need to keep him on the roster instead of uh, retaining a fourth-round compensatory pick. But if he's going to play like that, um, I would rather have the compensatory pick. Uh, obviously, they moved on from guys like Trey Sullivan and Blake Countess, but he really does have to perform better. So, um, yeah, I definitely agree his stock's down. Um, so, for me, my stock up is Jordan Howard. There was a lot of noise about him this offseason between potentially getting traded for Melvin Gordon, even though that proved to be false. Um, Miles Sanders already being um, the starting running back over him, which um, he got more touches, but I wouldn't say that's necessarily the case yet. But we, re- we really saw Jordan Howard um, have a good game, six carries for 44 yards, very efficient. Um, he also was uh, pretty decent in the passing game, too. He made a few difficult catches. I think he had two catches for 11 yards. So um, I really liked what I saw from Jordan Howard and then. As we've said on um, all podcasts, they really do have to get in the ball more. And uh, for my stock down, um, I'm going to go with a coach instead of a player. So I'm going to pick uh, Jim Schwartz, my stock down. Scheme-wise, he really didn't give the defense much of a chance. and He really didn't put them in a position to succeed. 
On that uh, deep touchdown to Terry McLaurin, Rasul Douglas said the designers from to have no help um, on the route over the top end. While he does have to do a better job in coverage, there's no way that type of defense uh, should happen, especially since it wasn't a blitz package. It was just a normal uh, four-man rush. So um, Jim Schwartz really has to pick it up scheme-wise. We've uh, harped upon this all last season. This has really been a big issue for him. And while the Eagles did win and they did step up within the second half, you really got to get consistent with it because it's just too often where the uh, secondary specifically is just really not playing well and um, constantly giving up yards. And when, when you're having corners on an island like that, no help over the top, allowing easy touchdowns. That's not a formula for success. And um, they're going to face much better passing teams than the Redskins. So if they want to have um, more success defensively going forward, Jim Schwartz really has to pick it up. Yeah, it seems like a trend with Jim Schwartz and the Eagles. You know, the past couple of seasons, he's been getting a lot of ridicule for his play calling, his schemes and all that, um, especially early in the season. And then later in the season, he kicks it up and I mean, I just don't understand why he doesn't, you know, keep that same energy the entire season, keep the play calling uh, at a high level and, you know, don't risk your team losing games. But, you know, you just got to trust him. Uh, It's obviously frustrating to keep going back to, you know, criticizing Jim Schwartz and his play calling. But uh, he's a pretty good defensive coordinator and you just got to hope that he's going to put the Eagles in the best spot defensively. Um, You know, just kind of um at the point now where he's not going to change you know he's a very stubborn guy and whenever there's stuff uh like criticism about him he doesn't really respond to it well he doesn't respond to it at all so he's just going to do his own thing and you just got to kind of trust it um that's what i've came to realize but going back to your stock up i had jordan howard as well and although some people might say you know he didn't barely play you know he didn't have a lot of yards but you know jordan howard had one of the best games on offense he had 7.3 yards per carry and with limited use he had a great game both rushing and receiving and a lot of fans have been overshadowed or um you know underestimating the power of jordan howard on this team because they're so hyped about miles sanders they think he's the future of the team and while that might be true you still have one of the best running backs in the league i don't understand how jordan howard can go from being you know, the third leading rusher since the time he entered the league to, you know, now almost nobody talks about him. He's still a great running back. And if he gets more use, he's going to be amazing. Uh, He was off to a great start. If Doug Peterson and the offensive coaching staff realize what he has to bring to the table, where to use him, then he's going to be unstoppable. And then you got other guys behind him. So great stuff out of him. I really liked it. My stock down is Rasul Douglas staying with the trend of the defense. Um, he was a guy that you know wasn't expected to start, but he came out and surprised a lot of people when he stepped on the field the first snap, and he didn't live up to the hype. There was a lot of talk about him in training camp preseason that he was going to be legit. It was finally his time to start and stay starting. He didn't really get, get a lot of use earlier in his career, but he's a great player. He's a good uh, ball hawk, cornerback. A lot of people want him to move over to safety, but He's a really good cornerback, and he should stay there and develop his skills. But it wasn't a good start for him as a starter this week. Uh, He did kick it up a little bit later, but he's a big defensive quarter, one of the biggest ones on the team. So you got to, you know, develop him if you're going to have a guy like Russell Douglas go against, you know, Julio Jones and Mari Cooper, some of the bigger receivers in the league. So he needs to step it up and show that he's ready to start on this team. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And back to Jordan Howard on uh, the carries that he did get, although it was very limited, he sh- really showed his talent and the fact that he can 
really produced for this offense this season. And uh, here's hoping that he can get more touches moving forward. And then uh, Miles Sanders can follow right behind him. Yeah, and with uh, Jordan Howard, uh, one thing people will say about him is, oh, he was inefficient last year. Um, he didn't have the best yards per carry. What some people don't realize is that system Matt Nagy created in Chicago was not built for the success of Jordan Howard. It was uh, built for the success of guys like Creed Cohen and Speedy Guy. So that was not a good fit for him. His first two years in the league, his numbers were fantastic. He had great numbers. He's a very consistent runner. Then last year, he kind of had that dip in production, but it really wasn't his fault. So I think um, now in the Eagles system where it's a little more set for him to do better, we saw like Garrett Blunt where he came into Philly and had um, – uh, a very good year, did um, had good production. So I think for Jordan Howard, um, people need to realize that it wasn't his fault necessarily what happened in Chicago and not his fault um, why he was traded. It just wasn't a good fit. But now the fit in Philly is um, much better for him. Yeah, I completely agree. Last year and with the Bears, you know, Matt Nagy basically said to him, you're not the starting running back here, Tariq Cohen. And that's kind of unbelievable to some people. The success that Jordan Howard had previously, and he's going to get replaced by a guy that's, you know, in my eyes, a Darren Sproles wannabe. Obviously, Cohen's a great player, but, you know, he's not a top 10 back in the league, whereas Jordan Howard was at that point going into year three of his career. And that's uh, kind of ridiculous the way that they treated him. And they said, or he said that uh, the Bears basically told him that they don't trust him in the passing game and they wouldn't, you know, run passing plays to him. So he was really pushed out of that offense, but still had almost 1,000 rushing yards in the season. So, um, that down year of 900 yards shouldn't be pinned on him. It should be pinned on the coaching staff. And the Eagles got a fantastic deal out of him because if they can use him right, he's going to go right back to having a thousand yard rushing season. Maybe not with the Eagles because they have so many weapons, but you're going to get the same kind of production out of him, same kind of yards per carry. And I'm excited for it as long as he's okay with, you know, having a little bit less usage uh, than his first two years in the league, then Everyone's happy. Everybody's going to produce, and we're going to win a lot of games. Yeah, with um, Jordan Howard, I think, like you said, the one big thing to look for is not necessarily how many yards he rushes for, but his efficiency, how many yards uh, per carry he gets. And obviously, he got off to a great start um, last week. Um, I think with him, I don't think he's necessarily depending on getting as many touches as he did in Chicago. I think he just wants to be put in the right situations and used the way he's supposed to be using the short yarded situations, which we didn't see in the first game. So I think. Um, Eagles really just got to um, use him to their benefit, use him the way he's good at. They did do that in the second half. They really, um, for a drive or two, did uh, pound a little bit with him. They had great success with it. So I think um, he created a very good formula for himself to get more involved in the offense. I think the um, Eagles and Doug Peterson will realize that and um, get him more involved. Yeah, for sure. I totally agree. I think Jordan Howard needs to see more touches, and I think he will moving forward in uh, the running game and here's hoping that he can gain uh, close to a thousand yards if not maybe 800 900 yard would, yards would be perfect so uh looking forward to the next game yeah, a lot of great stuff to see out of this eagles uh team going into week two of the season uh big win against the redskins who got us pretty nervous to start the game but you know this was the eagles team that we know and love that finished the game out and came away with a victory so a lot of good stuff and it's really exciting to see Carson Wentz, Deshaun Jackson, uh, Jordan Howard, like we've been mentioning, and so many other weapons that haven't even been used yet. So it's going to be a great season. Thank you all for tuning in. This is our first victory podcast of the season. We're going to have a lot more, so make sure you subscribe and stay tuned so you never miss 
another podcast from us. And until next time, go birds. Go birds.